is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel, unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever! All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the councillors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for thirty days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document, so that it cannot be changed, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows, in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes petition to any God or man within thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he laboured till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, no diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then, at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad, and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. 
and the king commanded those men who had maliciously accused Daniel and were brought and cast into the den of lions they their children and their wives and before they reached the bottom the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones into pieces then king darius wrote to all the peoples nations and languages that dwell in all the earth peace be multiplied to you i make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the god of daniel for he is the living god enduring forever his kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end he delivers and rescues he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth he who has saved daniel from the power of the lions so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Thank you for reading that chapter so well for us, Fred. I really appreciate it. Well, folks, welcome to our final message in our series on Daniel. And I really hope that what I felt God has laid on my heart will really bless you and encourage you. So to pick up the story, as we've just heard, Daniel has been elevated or to use uh, contemporary language, he has been promoted to this position of significant authority. He is one of just three presidents overseeing satraps. And I had to go and find out what a satrap is and, and the responsibility they had. And a satrap had responsibility over several provinces, had the uh, ability and uh, role to raise internal armies and Although they did answer to the king, they had considerable autonomy. So Daniel has been elevated not just to uh, the position of satrap, but one of only three presidents over that, over those 120 satraps. So he has got some serious power and authority behind him. And as we see at the very start of this chapter, that that reward for his excellent spirit, for the excellent uh, professionalism, you might say, with which he was conducting himself, also came with the envy and jealousy of others. And we see how others who perhaps thought this outsider, you know, this, this one who's been brought in from outside has been given seniority, a position of, of power over us, and and they conspired against him. They it wasn't for the good of the country, it wasn't for the good of Babylon, the country they were in at the time, but out of selfish ambition. And we see Daniel in this situation where uh, the king is manoeuvred and manipulated into creating an injunction, an amendment to the law. And it's just a moment right at the start for us to pause and think that there's no guarantees in life, are there, that we will have smooth sailing, even if we're going about things in the best way possible. You know, Daniel is clearly a man of great integrity, uh, a role model. As I mentioned before, he'd be he'd be a perfect example of professional excellence. And yet, and yet, that uh, brilliance shining so brightly attracted uh, the the hostility of others. So we realise then that Daniel has a choice. Or Daniel realised that he had a choice and it was, was he going to run away from the circumstance? Was he going to perhaps hide his faith in the face of this injunction which said that anybody seen to be worshipping anyone other than King Darius would face death? And really, I would say that Daniel's choice was not a reaction, but it was a decision that he'd made some time ago. 
Because what we see is that the scripture says he got down on his knees three times a day, prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. And you you might be listening to that and, and perhaps you're, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You're thinking, why, why would he continue to choose to do something which he knew would result in his danger to his life and, and likely death? And the key actually is in Daniel's personal faith, because you can read over it quite quickly and miss that it said he gave thanks before his God, not God, before his God. There's a sense of connection, a sense of relationship communicated in those words. And for Daniel, he had built up a history, a rapport. And if you've been with us through our series, as we've gone through the different chapters, you'll see that time and time again, Daniel has seen the living God move wonderfully in the most difficult and most bizarre situations, interpreting dreams, uh, to, not to say the least, and, and writing uh, that appeared on the wars. Just, just remarkable. So Daniel had clearly, uh, as we know of Mary, she, uh, who treasured things in her heart, he clearly held on to that. And he remembered God's faithfulness to him. I was talking about this passage with Isabel and on a few days ago, and as she said, it just sounds that Dan it sounds like Daniel wasn't afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And brothers and sisters, today I want to remind you again that whatever we face, and we'll look at uh, what we can draw from. The situations that Daniel was facing shortly, but whatever we face, we must not be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So Daniel has this uh, faith, it's clear, personal faith for him. And it must have been audible and visible to others because how else did those advisors who plotted and inspired against him, how else could they have came up, come upon him and, and found him doing that unless they could see and hear and, and it be uh, very evident that he was still worshipping and praying and giving thanks. So his, he was forthright in his faith. He wasn't ashamed. He didn't hide it away. And it must have been known to others too, because this was the third king, by my counting anyway, that, uh, that Daniel had served under. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and now Darius. And Darius's reaction is really interesting because... Daniel, by this point, is, is probably at least 80 years old. He's been in exile since he was a youth, we read at the start in, in chapter 1 in Daniel. And so he's a, a, probably an 80-year-old man at this point. And Darius' reaction is, we pray that this, this God who you serve continually may be able to save you. So Darius can recognise the, the step of faith that Daniel has taken in, in the face of such opposition. You know, he's referred to indirectly as one of the heroes of faith in the, that famous chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews, where it says these heroes of faith stop the mouths of lions. And I want to suggest to you that certainly Daniel is a hero of the faith for many reasons. But perhaps the most significant moment for him took place before the den of lions. Perhaps I might suggest that 
Yes, the Den of Lions, as we'll see, is a quite dramatic and quite incredible, uh, incredible moment in, in all of Bible history, never mind in Daniel's life. But not only that, he must have been faithful in the everyday. Because he'd gone on and prayed before, continually, as Darius mentioned, as, as the scripture acknowledged, as he had done previously. You know, I just want to pause for a moment and say we're not legalists here. I'm not saying that prayer has to be every single day. But clearly, there is something regular and consistent about Daniel's communication with God that it is so recognised by others. When England, when we had our experience of lockdown, as a church, we were quite a way through our uh, 40 days of prayer uh, study and that's just that was wonderful that was so helpful for me personally and I know that many others have stories of how it blessed them and encouraged them and I just as we see here the power and the necessity of prayer in Daniel's life I just want to give us all pause to think for a moment how how are we doing not in a legalistic way, but, but generally, how are we still making time regularly to, to meet with the living God, to meet with our God? I know that at times recently I've, I've found myself slipping and, and noticing as well that my faith and confidence weakens. And there's no substitute for spending time praying and giving thanks, as Daniel did. And I want to encourage us to do that because, as we'll see, that was how Daniel was assured of God's love and his protection of him. That was how he was able to face the den of lions, because he knew the one to whom he was relating, the one to whom he was communicating. And I did just want to pause on that moment of prayer because it reminded me that it is right for us to ask for our daily needs, of course, but also that in response to prayer, that the gifts given reveal the giver. As a boy, forgive me this short story, as a boy, I had my heart set on a particular computer console that went by the name of the Sega Master System. And I was really excited and, and that was kind of all that I dared hope for. Lo and behold, the special day came and I unwrapped the wrapping paper and I found not the Master System, but the Sega Mega Drive. Folks of a certain era will identify with me and know that that was a step up. That was the, the, the best thing around at the time. And I was so overwhelmed by the kindness, uh, by the fact that my parents, their generosity had exceeded my expectation. And I just want to pause for a moment and I, I want to, I, I really felt God lay in my heart just to speak for a moment to, to married couples and, and perhaps those who are engaged as well. I want to say to you that with God bringing that person into your life, God has exceeded your expectation. Now you may turn around and say, yes, you don't know just how annoying they are or how dot dot dots. I'll let you fill in the blanks or, yeah, but you don't see them every day. You don't know what they're like. You're right. I don't. I don't. But I know what I'm like and 
I am so grateful uh, for my darling wife, Isabel. And, and I want to encourage us all now, just for the moment, if you are feeling that, oh, you, you don't know what they're like, let's pause and let's take the log out of our own eye before we take the speck out of our brother or our sisters. You know, this is somebody who either has promised or is about to promise to go enter into, into covenantal love with you, who will bear with you or has borne with you through all the tough moments of life, the, the, the lowest of the lows, as well as the highest of the highs. And, and they'll, they'll see all those ugly moments and they promise to stand by you and stand with you. You know, perhaps lockdown has been really good for your relationship. It was so great talking to a dear friend of mine who said, he said, to be honest, Rubes, it has been so good for us. We really reconnected. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great time for us to have all of this time together. And I think that is wonderful. And if you're in that situation, I want to celebrate with you and, and amen to that. And thank goodness uh, that yet again, God has worked it for the good. But I do know from speaking to friends about that there have been some marriages that have been really tested uh, and and not just within within our churches of Jubilee and Burton, but but elsewhere, just in the local communities near, near where we live. And, you know, perhaps actually for you, the lockdown, dare I say it, has felt like you've been locked in a, a den of lions. So I just I really feel it's right. I just want to pray. Let's just pray for a moment. Can I ask you if it's practical that you would just look into your um, your spouse's eyes or your fiancé's eyes and just, just want to pray just for a moment. Father, I pray, would you help us now to cease any infighting, any bickering, any niggling or, or whatever that may be going on. Or would just help us, that's the old self, help us to put that away, we pray. For your grace and your mercies in you every morning. And I pray... For every married couple in Jubilee and Burton Family Church and, and anyone who's tuning into this, I pray, help us then to put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, to bear with one another. And if one has a complaint, forgive, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of this, Father, help us put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and in our families and our households. Yes, Father, bind us together in perfect harmony through your love, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we return to Daniel. We've seen his incredible faithfulness regularly in prayer. And now we find him thrust into the den of lions. And I thought, lions, they, they, I, I need to understand a bit more the significance of, of lions in a biblical context. So I found two of the other famous instances where heroes of the Bible are facing lions. And we read of Samson, Samson tore, sorry, I'm going to have to do it in a certain voice. Samson tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. And I thought, I, I don't know, uh, parents, you may just want to pop your, your fingers in the ears of your children on this one. Uh, I thought, I, I, 
I don't know what it's like to tear a young goat. That's not something that I do very often and I can't imagine it'd be that easy anyway. But what I can relate to is watching my son Hugo sort of tearing, uh, he's 18 months old before you think anything otherwise, tearing bits of <laughs> tissue paper with great glee and abandon really easily. So perhaps for me, I could relate to that a bit more imagine if, if Samson tore the line in pieces as Hugo tears tissue paper. Maybe. It's helpful for me. And of David, that it, it said of David that if a lion or a bear had taken a lamb of the flock, uh, he struck it. And if it arose again, he grabbed it by the beard and <laughs> struck it again and, and killed it. And I know some of you are probably thinking, oh, I'm having second thoughts about my beard now. But, but I just want to say, I, I, you know, I don't want to belittle at all in any way the scenarios that Samson and David faced. You know, Samson's, it was a young lion, we read in scripture, that came roaring. But, it, but they were just facing one lion at a time, whereas Daniel was facing a den. And I want to suggest to you that the source of their strength and their power for Daniel, Samson and David was the same, although the situation was different. For Samson, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him and David acknowledged that it was the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lions. But the situations were different because for Samson, he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines by to, to, to provoke them by taking a wife from amongst one of them. And David was so incensed by uh, the Philistine Goliath who was defying the armies of the living God. The situations were different. They, da uh, David and Samson wanted to take the fight to the Philistines. Whereas in Daniel's case, the fight found him. Now, I don't know the exact scenarios that you're facing but I can say with some confidence that there are great times in life and there are difficult times as well. And probably at one time or another, we, are all, we will all face lions in our lives, hopefully not literal ones, but we will face great adversity, we'll face great hostility. Whether it's because of our own making or, in, in, or, or, or someone else's, as in Daniel's case. And the question I want to ask you is, do you want to face that alone? You know, I think back as I was thinking about this and lions were on the brain, I thought back to that scene in The Lion King where Simba is surrounded by the hostile lions led by the malicious uh, and, uh, and evil intentions of Scar. And he's alone, he's afraid, and suddenly, bang, in comes Mufasa roaring and these other lions fall away. And, you know, that's fiction. But we know the Lion of Judah, at whose name every knee shall bow. And we can go into situations confident of knowing that he, the name above all names, is with us and beside us. And that is, I think, why Daniel had such confidence. We don't read of his emotional reaction, but I imagine the fact that he didn't resist or try and hide, the fact that he continued to do what he was doing, was he knew that his God was greater, his God was higher, and that come what may, his God would be with him. And we know of one who came down, not into a den, but onto a Roman cross. 
and then into a tomb. Like the den, it was sealed. And Daniel was put in that den through others' enmity and through others' jealousy. Their selfish ambition, their, what as Christians we call their sin. And actually, the parallels with Jesus are so evident. Because Jesus went onto that cross, not because of anything he'd done. It, it was, as it was said of Daniel, no fault could be found in him. There was, there was no fault in Jesus. He went to the cross because of others' sin. But in this case, it was ours, our broken promises, our wickedness. We all know at times we're so keenly aware of the wrong we've done. But Jesus went into, onto the cross and into the tomb for our benefit. Whereas Daniel was delivered to life, Jesus was initially delivered to death for our sake so that we might live. You know, if, if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, this is the heart of, of what we believe. That though it was our wrong, he bore it for the freedom and the pardon that we didn't deserve. Because you see, where there is evil, a price has to be paid. And we read what happened to those opponents. Before they reached the bottom, they were overpowered and all their bones were broken into pieces. And because of Jesus, we don't have to know an end like that. Because of Jesus, we can actually receive the same spirit that rushed upon Samson, that strengthened David, that gave Daniel such confidence in the face of such a terrible moment. You know, if our gaze are filled with the lions, then of course our hearts will fear. But if we look to the one who made the lions, we can be confident. In Isaiah chapter 54, we read the most wonderful words that speak of God's promise and his commitment to us. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Daniel knew that God's love was not dependent on his physical location or his situation, whether he was in the palace of authority or the den of lions. And so, in conclusion, I want to encourage you today, if you are feeling like your your prayer has your prayer life has waned a bit let's let's renew our commitment to prayer let's build a history with god it will stand us all in really good stead for the good times and when we face the tough times and if you do find yourself in a den don't lose sight of how god can prevail for you you know i'm not sure daniel would have chosen that as the way but as a result of all this wonderful wonderful deliverance which God brought about for him. He proclaimed to all the peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you, multiplied to you, for he is the living God. People are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders. 
So if you're in a tough time, just trust and know that God can work it for your good. And if you're joining us and tuning in, you're thinking, I I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I want to encourage you. You can look to Jesus and you can ask him to take your place. Why don't you hit the prayer request button and one of our hosts will be really happy to chat with you and pray with you and, and maybe help you find your way a bit more in finding out more about this this faith because this is our testimony here at Burton Family Church and here at Jubilee that our God is good that our God rescues and delivers and that he performs signs and wonders I hope you have a wonderful day God bless you Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday.